WCC Wednesday is here, and as we get closer to the start of conference play, it's time to redo our WCC power rankings and take a look at how many teams might be dancing in March. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you through another season of Gonzaga Hoops. And yes, folks, on YouTube, we are still on vacation out here enjoying the time between Christmas and New Year's. It is also the kind of unofficial marker for the start of the WCC season. Uh, the West Coast Conference is one of the conferences that starts their season a little bit later than everybody else. Pac-12, Big East, many other conferences has, have already gotten into their conference season. WCC tends to wait till New Year's Eve or right around New Year's Eve. That is, of course, when Gonzaga tips off their conference slate against the Pepperdine Waves on the 31st at 2 p.m., handful of other teams start their season a little bit earlier than that, but uh, we're going to start looking at the WCC. It's Wednesday after all, WCC Wednesday. We've seen a, by and large, successful non-conference slate uh, for the for the teams in the conference. Uh, St. Mary's obviously had a big win over San Diego State. BYU beat Creighton. We saw San Francisco absolutely blow the doors off a previously ranked Arizona State team. So there have been some good wins. There have, of course, been some bad losses, some teams that certainly looked like they were more in the fray earlier in the non-conference slate and have now kind of slid back down a little bit farther. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the power rankings as of this moment before conference play begins. We're going to do a power rankings for the WCC. We're also going to answer some questions from a listener regarding uh, how many teams might make the NCAA tournament, what Gonzaga's record might look like in conference play, uh, and kind of comparing the WCC to the Mountain West. So very fun show. We'll start it out right now here uh, looking at the power rankings. Number one, Still Gonzaga, they have had themselves a bit of a challenging non-conference slate, uh, certainly uh, raised more questions about the team than I think a lot of people are used to having questions about the team early in the year. But by and large, this is still a, a fantastic team. Top 10 in the AP poll, they're back where they belong to be right there. Uh, certainly, there are some other very good teams in the WCC, but nobody that is as good as Gonzaga. I think they're going to win all but a handful perhaps games in the WCC. It's not unprecedented for them to go undefeated in WCC play. And while this team is maybe not as good as the 2020, 2021 team with Jalen Suggs or even last year's team with Chet Holmgren, they're still a very solid team. And I don't see a lot of, really super challenging games in the WCC, but they will have some. And again, we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show, which games I think are the most likely to really potentially trip up the Zags. Uh, but this is their conference to lose, and I don't expect that they're going to. Number two on our power rankings is the same team that is almost always number two on our power rankings uh, when talking about the WCC, and that is, of course, Randy Bennett and the St. Mary's Gales. Uh, for right now, I'm using Ken Palm rankings, uh, not to... Fully determine the power rankings, but at least as a good barometer. Gonzaga is 11th in the Ken Palm rankings. St. Mary's is 18th uh, in the Ken Palm rankings. And I think that that is a good barometer to realize they didn't even get a single vote for the AP Top 25 this past week. Now, they did have two bad losses on their resume, one to the University of Washington, one more recent to Colorado State in the Mountain West. They're 10-4 and four on the year. Unfortunately, 10-4 and four teams in mid-major conferences just don't get ranked very often. It is an unfortunate byproduct of 
still being a mid-major program. Certainly, uh, Gonzaga is a three-loss team, but their three losses are to top 25, top 15 caliber teams in the country. So that kind of changes the equation a little bit for St. Mary's. Two good losses, two bad losses, uh, and some decent wins too, but no, nothing like Gonzaga's wins over Kentucky and Alabama. That's kind of the separator here. St. Mary's wins over San Diego State. That's a very nice victory for them. Wyoming, New Mexico State, Oral Roberts, all good quality non, or excuse me, mid-major programs not moving the needle as much as some of Gonzaga's victories. So St. Mary's a little bit farther behind right now. The computers love them. I think that's worth monitoring. Uh, I think they absolutely are pretty as close to on par with Gonzaga as they've maybe been in a while, uh, but I'm still leaning with the Zags, of course. Uh, St. Mary's freshman guard, Aiden Mahaney, fantastic young player. He had 20 points on, I think, nine field goal attempts against uh, San Diego State. He had six free throws down the stretch, sank every single one of them to bury the Aztecs. Really nice young player that Gonzaga fans are going to really hate in the next couple of years. Number three in the WCC is the Dons of the University of San Francisco. They are 86th in Ken Palm. So, of course, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but only two teams in the top 50 top 60 top 75 in the Ken Palm rankings for uh, the WCC that's going to make it hard to be more than a two-bid league uh, in the NCAA tournament the Dons 11 and 4 on the year they began 6 and 0 Looked like the Chris Gerlifson era was off to a really good start. It still is, mind you, but they struggled a little bit after that, just 5-4 and four, uh, since that 6-0 and oh win streak. Uh, they got spanked pretty badly by Utah State, uh, the Aggies' extremely good team, one of the, I think, 10 remaining undefeated teams at one point. They're down to three now, but still we're hanging on to that record for a long time. Uh, they The Dons rebounded by absolutely spanking Arizona State. I think they won that one by 37 points. They were up by 45 at one one point i think it was 81 to 37 at some point it was just an insane shellacking by the dons in that game uh, they've been a little bit inconsistent this year they're going through a new coaching change losing player like jamari Bouye or yuhen masalski really talented players they still got some really good guys on the on the fold there khalil shabazz has been excellent this year i'm not sure i see a tournament team right now with the dons but they're a pretty dangerous team getting into conference play Number four, this is the first time we deviate away from the Ken Palm rankings for the fourth place team in my power rankings. I have the Broncos of Santa Clara. They are 101st in the Ken Palm rankings, but they are 12 and three on the year. And I think they have one okay loss, two not so great losses, which is what's hurting them. They lost to Utah State. Again, I think Utah State is a very, very good NCAA tournament caliber team. Uh, they also have a loss to San Jose State, which is not as good of a loss, and UCF, Central Florida, uh, a pretty rough loss for them. They've also played almost all of their games at home. Uh, they're 0-1 on the road this year, so I think that hurts them a little bit in the computer rankings. Uh, they do have some decent wins. They have a win over DePaul, a Big East opponent, a not particularly good Big East opponent, but regardless uh, it is still a nice win over a power six team. They also just just recently secured a win over Boise State, Leon Rice's club over uh, in Idaho, and that was a huge win for them. So I think that they're kind of on the up and up. We saw this a little bit last year. They struggled early in the year, uh, got some guys healthy and really just kind of ran with it. But their expectations were lower this year without Jalen Williams. Without PJ Pipe, some of the guys that really kind of led them in previous years, they got a transfer out of Illinois, Brandon Pudzimski. He's been Nothing short of incredible. All WCC caliber players averaging 18 and 9 right now. Uh, really nice to see them continue to reload. And uh, they're going to challenge really heavily for a top three spot, top three spot, excuse me, in the WCC. 
Rounding out the top five of our power rankings is the BYU Cougars Mark Pope squad in their final year in the WCC. They are 91st in Ken Palm. So we lead with Santa Clara. They have a little bit better record, a little bit more consistency. BYU has played a more difficult schedule. They are 10 and five on the season, but they are on a five game winning streak. So we have seen them kind of start to rebound from their early season struggles. Uh, Their ugly losses are to South Dakota and Utah Valley and boy, howdy, those are pretty ugly losses for a team that's going to be in the big 12 next season that's not going to be particularly excusable for them to lose those kind of games Uh, they have a nice win over Creighton though that was a huge victory for them Ryan Kalkbrenner was playing through an illness in that game their big center for the Blue Jays so a bit of a grain of salt there but still a win is a win and a win over Creighton is still a nice victory for the Cougars Uh, they also have a win over regional rival Utah which is one of the better teams in the Pac-12 and then a nice win over solid mid-major program in Dayton Uh, they're still trying to figure it out Rudy Williams is their transfer from Coastal Carolina. Uh, he started the season as a starter. He ended up transitioning to a bullpen or bullpen. He ended up transitioning to a role on the bench and that has helped. So I think they're still kind of figuring out all the pieces uh, at BYU, but I think this is a team that could absolutely do some real damage in the WCC, even if they've been just kind of mid-level in the non-conference slate. Well, there's always a chance somebody in the WCC rises up and steals a bid in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Anything can happen in the Las, in Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to talk about a few teams who might be able to pull that off. But first, today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Bet Online. College basketball and the NBA are back in action, and college football and the NFL, of course, remain in the thick of their playoff seasons. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment two, still any patents, still Locked On Zags. I want to sincerely thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's power through our power rankings here through the middle to bottom half of the West Coast Conference. We talked about our top five, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco, Santa Clara, and BYU. I don't think any super surprises in there. There are a couple of teams that are kind of all bunched together. That includes Santa Clara at 101st in the Ken Palm rankings. These next two teams are kind of right in that conversation as well. The middle of the WCC is highly competitive for those spots. Number six in the power rankings as of right now is the Lions out of LMU. Stan Johnson's got this team doing some really nice stuff after kind of limited expectations coming into the year 110th in Ken Palm 10 and 4 
on the year. They should honestly be 11 and three. They blew, I believe it was an 18 point lead to UC Riverside very early in the season. Riverside came all the way back, ended up winning that game. Really tough one there. None of LMU's other losses are particularly bad. They lost to Utah State. Again, that seems to be a theme for a lot of teams in the WCC this year. Utah State has been rolling to begin the year. They also lost to UC Irvine, one of the better teams in the Big West, and also lost to Colorado State. Uh, that's their four losses. Not bad at all, especially when you look at their wins. They have some, some good wins. They have a Power 5 victory over Wake Forest. They have a Power 6 victory over Georgetown. Yes, Georgetown is particularly awful as a Big East team, but you know what? I'm happy whenever the WCC beats the Big East. So wins over Wake, wins over Georgetown, a nice win over Nevada, a mid-level but solid Mountain West program, and then a win over Grand Canyon as well. For the Lions, I think they lost Eli Scott, who was such a monstrous part of what they did for, for so long in the middle. And I think it's almost opened up their offense in, in, a, in a way. It's, it's not that miss, he was detrimental to what they were doing, but it, you can see their offense is a little bit more free, a little bit more open uh, without Eli Scott manning the middle. Cam Shelton has really stepped up in a major way for this team. He's averaging 19 points, six boards, and four assists. Uh, LMU is a, a team that has the kind of guard play that can be a little bit scary, but I'm not sure that they have the depth to necessarily be a real competitor in the WCC, but this is far and away uh, a better team than people expected them to be when the season began. Next up, one of the most talked about teams in the WCC uh, this season. A little surprising to see them down at seventh. Uh, that is Shante Leggins' Portland Pilots. They are 120th in Ken Palm, which is still a really nice spot for them to be. Still a reminder of what this looked like in the Derry Porter era when they were twice as bad they were 250th or so in the Ken Palm rankings so to see them up at 120th to see them with an eight and seven record uh to see them having played a really tough gauntlet of games because of their ability to play in the Phil Knight Invitational really really nice to see where this program is right now uh, they lost three of their last four which has been uh, tough to see they lost to Oregon not a terrible loss. Lost to UC Riverside and also lost to North Dakota State. Those ones are going to sting a little bit there. We, of course, have, have talked a handful of times about their performance in the Phil Knight Invitational. Nearly beat North Carolina. Nearly beat Michigan State. Did beat, did beat Villanova, a win that is going to look better as Villanova continues to improve and gets healthy with Cam Whitmore returning and Justin Moore soon returning for them. I think this team could be a sleeper in the WCC. Even though we have them at seventh right now in the power rankings, uh, I think you're talking about a team that has a lot of continuity Moses Wood is back Tyler Robertson is back uh, they they returned the vast majority of their minutes from last season I, th I think this is a team that could really do some damage here in the conference uh, I don't really see there's not an at-large tournament resume here even with some some close games against good teams so they're going to have to win it if they want to make the tournament uh, I'm not sure they have the horses to beat Gonzaga but if I was picking a team outside the top five to potentially make a deep enough run to to make it to the WCC championship game or even pull off a victory there I think I'm taking the pilots number eight is a young and exciting team that hasn't quite lived up to expectations yet, and that is the Waves of Pepperdine. They are 143rd in Ken Palm, so just a, a note there. Eight teams in the WCC are in the Ken Palm Top 150. Top 150 isn't necessarily an elite barometer for anything, but for a mid-major conference, specifically a mid-major conference that gets criticized for being 
extraordinarily top heavy, uh, certainly gets criticized by less educated college basketball fans in more demeaning ways than that. Uh, but they have eight teams in the top 150 in Ken Palm. That's pretty dang good. That is really, really good for this conference to, to, to show that they're not just a one or two horse race. Like they maybe don't have a ton of tournament teams this year, but they have a lot of good quality teams uh, that are, are tough outs for anybody who plays them. Pepperdine, seven and seven on the year, uh, started out pretty good, have been two and five in their last seven games. Don't have any super marquee wins, which is why they're a little bit lower, despite not playing all that bad this year. Their best win so far this season, I think, is UC Irvine. Uh, they've losses to Grand Canyon, a recent loss to Hawaii in the Diamond Head Classic down in Hawaii, uh, lost to Iona and Rick Pitino's squad. Uh, so, you know, it, they've lost some games they shouldn't lose. They haven't really won too many games that they needed to win. So they're kind of still stuck in the middle a little bit here, but this is a really talented team. And they have two of the best NBA prospects uh, on in the entire WCC, including Gonzaga. Maxwell Lewis is an absolute star waiting to happen. He's six foot seven. He can create for himself. Good shooter, good defensive player, long athletic. Like he's, he, he's a, He's not exactly like Jalen Williams as a basketball player, but reminiscent of like, hey, this is a, a WCC player, not from Gonzaga, not from St. Mary's, who's not only like, hey, he might be an NBA player. Like, hey, no, he's like a first round caliber pick. Jalen Williams, of course, went 12th overall and now looks like a potential top five pick in the recruiting class, or excuse me, in the draft class uh, last year for the uh, for the NBA. And I, Maxwell Lewis could be that guy. Like he could be, he could rise at that similar level. They also have Houston Millette at Pepperdine. He's fantastic. He's a little undersized. So his NBA potential is maybe not as concrete, he's, but he's a good point guard. He's a great outside shooter, really athletic. Uh, those two guys are really, really good. And Pepperdine hasn't quite turned the corner yet uh, as, it's, as a full team. But hey, if it happens this year, if those two guys, if Mike Mitchell steps up, this could be a team that makes some noise as well. Next up, Steve Lavin and the San Diego Toreros coming in at number nine on our WCC power rankings. They are 181st in Ken Palm, fairly big drop off from the first eight teams in the conference to the final two teams. Uh, similar to Pepperdine, they are seven and seven on the year and two and five in their last seven games. Uh, they just don't have any good wins and they have some pretty bad losses. They lost to Cal State Northridge, not a particularly great Big West program. They also lost to Nichols, which is never a loss that you want to incur, especially as a first year head coach like Steve Lavin. Uh, their best wins are, are UC Rivers side who's not particularly great and then florida gulf coast uh, part of it is just not being able to schedule a not being able to put together a particularly competitive schedule in year one uh, that's something that i'm sure that they're going to work on with lavin's connections in the industry perhaps they can get some some more challenging games on the calendar for next season but they haven't really earned it this year. They haven't played particularly well, even against the bad teams that they've played. Uh, this team has some work to do, but they got some nice players in the transfer portal last year, and that's showing up so far this year. The, the biggest contributor has been Eric Williams out of the University of Oregon. He has been a monster for San Diego. He scored 42 points in the game earlier this year, set a franchise or school record for the Toreros. He's averaging 15 and a half points and 10 rebounds per game. Closing out our power rankings looking at the number 10th team, the Tigers of Pacific out of Stockton, California. Uh, this team just hasn't, they haven't moved out of the cellar. They haven't been able to do so. The Damon Stoudemire era was nice. He was a very, very good coach. He justifiably got poached up at another level. And then since then, we just haven't really seen this team really kind of been spinning their wheels. 232nd 
in Ken Palm, 50, 50 spots below the next lowest team in the WCC. They are far and away the worst team in the conference. That has not changed. Uh, it does not look like it is going to change anytime soon. They made a bunch of additions in the transfer portal this year, uh, which was the, which is what you should do when you're a not very good team. Just add as many players as you can, find talent, find brothers, find guys who want to play together, bring as many people in as you can. And that's what they did. Uh, and they're on a little bit of a run right now. They're seven and eight on the year. They've won four of their last five. Uh, they do have a win over San Jose State. They have a win over Fresno State, a not very good Mountain West team this year, win over UC Davis, and they've beaten both North Dakota and North Dakota State. No, games that I'm glad Pacific won, but nothing that really moves the needle all of that much. Meanwhile, some pretty ugly losses. I mean, ugly losses. They lost to Idaho. They lost to Mount St. Mary's. They lost to NAU, Northern Arizona, and they lost to Cal State East Bay. So when this team is not on, they can lose to just about anybody. Very balanced scoring attack from Pacific. Four guys, that's not a joke. Four guys averaging between 10.7 and 10.8 points per game. That is very balanced. It is unfortunately probably not. They need somebody to step up and be that guy, the lead guard, the lead scorer, an automatic go-to bucket, and they just don't have that on this roster. Uh, it's been unfortunate to see Pacific not really take a lot of strides since joining the league. I presume that if, if the WCC makes additions in lieu of BYU leaving, pretty much whoever they add is probably going to be a better contributor in this conference than the Pacific Tigers have been up to this point. All right, we're going to close out the show looking at how many WCC teams could make the NCAA tournament and what Gonzaga's record might look like in conference play right after this. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags, still hammering through WCC Wednesday here as we get set to begin conference play very shortly uh three questions here from jeff via gmail i haven't been doing mailbag monday all that much in part because gonzaga's schedule hasn't really lined up to do so uh we're hoping to bring it back a little bit more so as we get into conference play but what i've been trying to do is answer people's questions that come through in other segments throughout uh, the podcast five episodes a week there's always opportunities to answer you guys' questions uh these three questions were all wcc related uh, again from jeff via gmail so i thought we'd kind of close the show talking about those First question here, he says, what do you think are the most difficult WCC games for Gonzaga this time around? You know, it's funny. It's, it's, it doesn't look that different than, than this, the previous challenging Gonzaga games. Uh, I think the first one that I would want to mention is at the University of San Francisco. That game is on January 5th one of their first games out of the gate in the WCC play at War Memorial in San Francisco. That place has always been a tough place for the Zags to play. San Francisco, despite Todd Golden moving on to Florida, they are still very analytically driven. They are still very uh, good at exploiting mismatches and finding weaknesses. Gonzaga has showed a lot of weaknesses this year. I expect that Gerlison and his assistant coaches, including former Gonzaga guard and former guest of the Locked On Zags podcast, Kyle Bankhead, I am guessing they are going to be be very good at finding Gonzaga's weaknesses and trying to exploit them on the road. I think that's a tough matchup for the Zags. Next up, at BYU. Gotta have at BYU on there. It's always, always, always a tough game, regardless of whether BYU is having one of their better conference seasons, one of their not-so-good conference seasons. The Marriott Center is popping off every single time you play there. That game is on January 12th, so still pretty early in the WCC season. BYU's playing pretty well right now. They, they still got some issues 
Uh, I think the backcourt is questionable. Fasuni Traore has been great in the front court. After that, it's a little bit questionable. Gideon George has been good. Rudy Williams, we talked about him earlier. He's been good, but hasn't really been super consistent for the Zags. I think the Zags are, are longer, more athletic, more talented. I think they'll win that one, but it's never easy to play at the Marriott Center. And then, of course, at St. Mary's, February 4th, in Moraga, California, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be, it's always a tough one. St. Mary's is very, very good this year. Again, their Ken Palm rankings are only seven spots apart from each other. So you're talking about a pretty darn even matchup. Randy Bennett is very good at exploiting mismatches for Gonzaga. Uh, he's very good at slowing the game down, forcing turnovers. Gonzaga has been coughing the ball up a fair amount this year. By February, I think some of that stuff will be ironed out. It already has been ironed out in a significant way. Another fun reminder, Nolan Hickman, I don't think he, he had a three straight games where he didn't turn the ball over. I don't know if he had a turnover in the Montana game, but uh, he's been much, much better at taking care of the basketball. Uh, if that continues against St. Mary's, I think they have a chance. Again, they're just more athletic and more talented, but St. Mary's can can beat just about anybody. I mean, they almost beat Houston, the number one ranked team in the country, so that's going to be a tough one as well. Next question here also comes from Jeff. He says, if the WCC is going to get three or four teams into the NCAA tournament, what do you think will need to happen in conference play and which one or two teams would be most likely to join Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the NCAA tournament? Well, Jeff, to be honest, I don't think anything could happen in, in conference play that would secure a third or a fourth bid for the WCC. I just, I do not see it happening. I think there are only two teams that have any chance of getting a, getting a bid that's not an automatic qualifier. There's only two teams that are going to do that. It's Gonzaga and St. Mary's. One of those two teams is probably going to win the WCC tournament. The other team is going to make the NCAA tournament. And I think that that's probably it. Like I mentioned at the onset, San Francisco is 86th in Ken Palm. And Ken Palm is not the be all end all for how play, you know, for how teams are measured. Obviously the net rankings are used. Torvik rankings are used to an extent. Like it's not just going to be that, but not San Francisco, BYU, San, Santa Clara, they do not have NCAA tournament resumes right now. They don't. And I don't think that changes in conference play. If San Francisco, if San Francisco did not lose a game in the WCC, they swept Gonzaga, they swept BYU, they swept St. Mary's, maybe, maybe if they then didn't win the WCC tournament outright, that's maybe enough for them to get a bid. But even then, it's close. And I don't see that happening. BYU, that's not going to happen. I, I, Santa Clara, it's not going to happen. So I just don't really see, uh, not like last year, where we had a more clear path to seeing, hey, a couple of these teams could get could get bids even if they don't win the league. This year, I think in order for the for the WCC to be even a three-bid league, somebody's going to have to upset Gonzaga and or St. Mary's uh, and win the WCC tournament. I don't think that's impossible for the record. I think San Francisco could absolutely go on a little run and beat those teams and win the WCC. I think it, BYU could do it. I think there's a chance that Santa Clara or even like my dark horse pick, the Portland Pilots, there's a chance that those teams could do that. But I don't think anybody's getting into the NCAA tournament uh, without the automatic bid except Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Final question of the show from Jeff on that same topic. He says, with non-conference play almost complete, which of the three major Western conferences do you think will have the most teams in the 2023 NCAA tournament? Yeah, major Western conferences, assumingly, are the Pac-12, the WCC, and the Mountain West. My picks right now are the Mountain West leading the pack with four, the Pac-12 finishing with three and the WCC finishing with two. That's very similar to what Joe Lenardi currently has as we're recording this podcast on the 28th of December. He has three, three and two. 
three from the Mountain West, uh, three from the Pac-12, two from the WCC. Uh, he has Utah as one of the first four out. So he has them very, very close to making the tournament out of the out of the Pac-12. And then he has UNLV and USC both on the next four out. So he has a lot of teams very close to vying for a spot in the NCAA tournament. Uh, for my money, I think Mountain West is going to get four teams in. I think they're going to get San Diego State, N- New Mexico, Utah State and UNLV, I think all four of those teams are and should be NCAA tournament teams. The Pac-12 is certainly going to get Utah, or excuse me, UCLA and Arizona. Those are no-brainers. I think Arizona State's going to sneak in even after that drubbing that they took from San Francisco. I think that team sneaks in. I don't see anybody else, Oregon, USC, Utah, all vaguely close, but I don't see any of those teams getting in. They'd have to do really, really good stuff in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 just cannibalizes itself every single year. And as I said before, the WC CC is a two-bid league this year. Gonzaga St. Mary's nearly locks to make it to the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, I don't really see a clear-cut path for anybody else. So that's how I think that things are going to shake out on the three major Western conferences this year. And that is going to do it for me today. So don't forget to check out the show wherever you get podcasts and go on YouTube if you haven't done so yet. Go to YouTube.com, search Locked On Zags, hit that big red subscribe button while you are there. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast as well. It is a new national show five days a week. Myself, co-host Isaac Shade, the host of Locked On Tar Heels, we talk all things college basketball. We're talking Big East. We're talking Mountain West. We're talking every other major storyline going on in college hoops five days a week. Check it out. Find it on YouTube. Find it wherever you get podcasts. And I want to thank all of you again for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right. Thank you all for listening. And go Zags.